Greetings, Words by Winter People. It's Alison McGee, your host, coming to you live here at the Emerson Estate, which is what we call our house. Because why should lords and ladies of English castles and the sprawling lakeside homes of U.S. landed gentry be the only places that can rightfully be called estates? Can't our stucco and wood frame house right here on Emerson Avenue, with its flowers and bird feeders and artfully hidden compost piles, and by artfully hidden, I mean not hidden at all, also be an estate? Yes. Yes, it can. Because I say so. Last week... A listener in Florida named Joel wrote in about monkeypox, the latest virus making the news. I'm sure you've all heard of it. So far, it mostly affects men who have sex with other men, which you have probably also heard. Here's what Joel wrote. Allison, this whole response to monkeypox has been a fucking mess. I've been following it. We had plenty of the vaccine, but we had it stored in Denmark or somewhere, and somehow it hasn't been released. Or we had it here, but oops, we didn't have it bottled and ready to send. If you had symptoms, if you have symptoms, you have to fill out a million different forms to get tested. Mostly you're denied. I'm 63 years old. I'm a gay man. I don't even know why I'm writing. Other than to say this feels like another plague. And I've already lived through one plague. And guess what? A lot of my friends didn't. Thank you for listening. Joel. Listen to those words. I've already lived through one plague, and guess what? A lot of my friends didn't. That feels like the heart of the issue here to me. Joel didn't say exactly what he's referring to, but I don't think it's COVID. I think he's talking about AIDS. He would have been a young man when that plague began its hideous spread. I remember it. I was living in Boston at the time, just out of college, worried like everyone I knew about this mysterious illness making the rounds. It seemed as if it was pretty much confined to gay men. This was in the very early stages of the disease. And I remember talking with some of my gay friends in front of a restaurant they worked at, trying to figure out how to stay safe. Maybe I just won't have sex until they figure it out, one of them said. A stab in the dark. I remember thinking, no sex. No what else? No touching? No anything? Answers back then were slow in coming. Treatment was slow in coming. Unfunny remarks at the expense of gay men were not slow in coming. Barely concealed disdain was not slow in coming. I remember gay men taking charge of their future the way they have always done insisting on equal treatment under both the law and in medicine the way they have always done. I remember ACT UP, sit-ins in front of the FDA to get it to speed up drug trials. I remember how fast AIDS killed back then. I remember worry, worry, worry. By the time the first beginnings of the drug cocktail, I think it began with AZT, that would save so many lives came out. I had moved to Minneapolis. And when I moved there, I 
immediately started volunteer teaching creative writing at the Minnesota AIDS Project, founded by and run by, you guessed it, gay men. I loved my writers there. They were all men, all living with HIV, all young, all beautiful, all worried. Marty was one of them. Marty was small and lithe and charming in a way that, maybe unfairly, I associate with Irishmen. (laughs) Irish-Americans. He was full of laughter. He was rarely serious, except on paper. I used to bake muffins to bring to class, and Marty loved them. Once, after class, he and I were hanging out in the parking lot talking, and I had the basket of muffins on the hood of my car. At one point, Marty reached under the cloth and snitched another one. I'm just liberating it, he said with that sly, irresistible smile. Marty died before the treatment was good enough to keep him alive. His memorial service was at a bar, his Irish-American family full of stories and music and memories. His friends talked about how they used to sneak milkshakes into the hospital for him. (laughs) It all seemed about right. I still remember you, Marty. Every time I bake blueberry muffins, in fact, I think about how you liberated that extra one from the basket that night in the parking lot outside the Minnesota AIDS Project. So, Joel, sir, back to you down there in Florida. I hear what you're saying about monkeypox. I hear, below the tight sound of your email when I read it, the pain of that first plague. We have come a long way in some ways, and for that I'm glad. I have so many friends who have been alive for decades with the cocktail of drugs that keeps HIV in check. But we have much further to go. When I read your email, a long, fierce poem by the fierce, wildly kind, and that is not a contradiction in terms, the wildly kind poet C.A. Conrad came to mind. I'll read a small excerpt from it, one of the stanzas that is burned into my brain. Here's the poem for you. 72 Corona Transmutations, an excerpt by C.A. Conrad. My friend Rex told me when he was dying of AIDS, promise me every day of 1993 will be the best day with or without me. 27 years later, the promise still kept. That is it today. That is it for today, friends. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, spread the word. Send the link to someone else who might. Give us a good rating if you can figure out how to do so. We love our five-star ratings. (laughs) And by we, I mean me, of course. Original theme music for our show 
is by Dylan Parisi. Additional music by Kelly Krebs. Artwork by Mark Gary. Today's poem, the small excerpt from the unbelievable poem 72 Corona Transmutations by C.A. Conrad, is featured here with kind permission of the poet. My advice? Head to YouTube. Head to the interwebs. Head to your favorite poetry sites and search C.A. Conrad. Holy crud. C.A. Conrad is fierce and wild and so full of heart in everything they write. They blow me away. Words by Winter is created and hosted and written and produced and everything by me, writer Allison McGee. Tell me what you're going through. I will go in search of a poem to help you through, to help us all through the way that poems have been saving my life since I was a little girl. Send us a voice mem- a Send me a voice memo <laughs> via email to wordsbywinterpodcast at gmail.com or drop us a line at the same address. I keep saying us. It's just me. You all know that. For more information about me and my books, go to alisonmcgee.com. Words by Winter, conversations, reflections, and poems about the passages of life. Because it is rough out there, my friends, and we have to help each other through. Mm-hmm.